Section 1 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle Chapter 1, verses 1 to 17 The Genealogy of Christ Matthew 1, verses 1 to 17 The Book of the Generation of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Thares, and Zerah of Thamar. And Thares begat Eram, and Eram begat Aram. And Aram begat Abinadab, and Abinadab begat Naasson. And Naasson begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Boaz, of Rachib. And Boaz begat Obed, of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Urias. And Solomon begat Roboam. And Roboam begat Abiah. And Abiah begat Asa. And Asa begat Josaphat. And Josaphat begat Joram. And Joram begat Ozias. And Ozias begat Joatham. And Joatham begat Achaz and Achaz begat Ezekias. And Ezekias begat Manassas, and Manassas begat Ammon, and Ammon begat Josias, and Josias begat Jochanias and his brethren, about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jochanias begat Zelathiel, and Zelathiel begat Zorobabel, and Zorobabel begat Abiad, and Abiad begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor, and Azor begat Sadok, and Sadok begat Achim, and Achim begat Iliud, and Iliud begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Mathan, and Mathan begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations, from Abraham to David, are fourteen generations, and from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are fourteen generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are fourteen generations. These verses begin the New Testament. Let us always read them with serious and solemn feelings. The book before us contains not the word of men, but of God. Every verse in it was written by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Let us thank God daily for giving us the scriptures. The poorest Englishman who understands his Bible knows more about religion than the wisest philosophers of Greece and Rome. Let us remember our deep responsibility. We shall all be judged at the last day according to our light. To whomsoever much is given, of them much will be required. Let us read our Bibles reverently and diligently with an honest determination to believe and practice all we find in them. It is no light matter how we use this book. Eternal life or death depends on the spirit in which it is used. Above all, let us humbly pray for the teaching of the Holy Spirit. He alone can apply truth to our hearts, and make us profit by what we read. The New Testament begins with the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. No part of the Bible is so important as this, and no part is so full and complete. Four distinct Gospels tell us the story of Christ's doing and dying. 
Four times over we read the precious account of his works and words. How thankful we ought to be for this! To know Christ is life eternal. To believe in Christ is to have peace with God. To follow Christ is to be a true Christian. To be with Christ will be heaven itself. We can never hear too much about Jesus Christ. The Gospel of St. Matthew begins with a long list of names. Sixteen verses are taken up with tracing a pedigree from Abraham to David, and from David to the family in which Jesus was born. Let no one think that these verses are useless. Nothing is useless in creation. The least mosses and the smallest insects serve some good end. Nothing is useless in the Bible. Every word of it is inspired. The chapters and verses which seem at first sight unprofitable are all given for some good purpose. Look again at these sixteen verses, and you will see in them useful and instructive lessons. Learn from the list of names that God always keeps his word. He had promised that in Abraham's seed all the nations of the earth should be blessed. He had promised to raise up a savior of the family of David. Genesis 12.3, Isaiah 11.1. 1. These sixteen verses prove that Jesus was the son of David and the son of Abraham, and that God's promise was fulfilled. Thoughtless and ungodly people should remember this lesson and be afraid. Whatever they may think, God will keep his word. If they repent not, they will surely perish. True Christians should remember this lesson and take comfort. Their Father in heaven will be true to all his engagements. He has said that he will save all believers in Christ. If he has said it, he will certainly do it. He is not a man that he should lie. He abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Second Timothy 2.13 Learn next from this list of names the sinfulness and corruption of human nature. Observe how many godly parents in this catalogue had wicked and ungodly sons. The names of Roboam and Joram and Ammon and Jeconias should teach us humbling lessons. They all had pious fathers, but they were all wicked men. Grace does not run in families. It needs something more than good examples and good advice to make us children of God. They that are born again are not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John one thirteen. Praying parents should pray night and day that their children may be born of the Spirit. Learn lastly from this list of names how great is the mercy and compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think how defiled and unclean our nature is and then think what a condescension it was in him to be born of a woman and made in the likeness of men. Some of the names we read in this catalogue remind us of shameful and sad histories. Some of the names are those of persons never mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. But at the end of all comes the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Though he is the eternal God, he humbled himself to become man, in order to provide salvation for sinners. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. We should always read this catalogue with thankful feelings. We see here that no one who partakes of human nature can be beyond the reach of Christ's sympathy and compassion. Our sins may have been as black and great as those of any whom St. Matthew names, but they cannot shut us out of heaven if we repent and believe the gospel. 
if Jesus was not ashamed to be born of a woman whose pedigree contained such names as those we have read to-day, we need not think that he will be ashamed to call us brethren, and to give us eternal life. End of section 1 Section 2 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle Chapter 2, verses 18-25 to 25, The Incarnation and Name of Christ Matthew 1, 18-25 Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And he took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. These verses begin by telling us two great truths. They tell us how the Lord Jesus Christ took our nature upon him and became man. They tell us also that his birth was miraculous his mother Mary was a virgin. These are very mysterious subjects. They are depths which we have no line to fathom. They are truths which we have not mind enough to comprehend. Let us not attempt to explain things which are above our feeble reason. Let us be content to believe with reverence, and not speculate about matters which we cannot understand. Enough for us to know that with him who made the world nothing is impossible. Let us rest in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Ghost and born of the Virgin Mary. Let us observe the conduct of Joseph described in these verses. It is a beautiful example of godly wisdom and tender consideration for others. He saw the appearance of evil in her who was his espoused wife, but he did nothing rashly. He waited patiently to have the line of duty made clear. In all probability he laid the matter before God in prayer. He that believeth shall not make haste. Isaiah 28.16 The patience of Joseph was graciously rewarded. He received a direct message from God upon the subject of his anxiety, and was at once relieved from all his fears. How good it is to wait upon God! Whoever cast his cares upon God in hearty prayer, and found him fail. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, 6 
Let us observe the two names given to our Lord in these verses. One is Jesus, the other Emmanuel. One describes his office, the other his nature. Both are deeply interesting. The name Jesus means Savior. It is the same name as Joshua in the Old Testament. It is given to our Lord because he saves his people from their sins. This is his special office. He saves them from the guilt of sin by washing them in his own atoning blood. He saves them from the dominion of sin by putting in their hearts the sanctifying spirit. He saves them from the presence of sin when he takes them out of this world to rest with him. He will save them from all the consequences of sin when he shall give them a glorious body at the last day. Blessed and holy are Christ's people. From sorrow, cross, and conflict they are not saved, but they are saved from sin for evermore. They are cleansed from guilt by Christ's blood. They are made meet for heaven by Christ's spirit. This is salvation. He who cleaves to sin is not yet saved. Jesus is a very encouraging name to heavy-laden sinners. He who is King of kings and Lord of lords might lawfully have taken some more high-sounding title, but he does not do so. The rulers of this world have often called themselves great, conquerors, bold, magnificent, and the like. The Son of God is content to call himself Savior. The souls which desire salvation may draw nigh to the Father with boldness, and have access with confidence through Christ. It is his office and his delight to show mercy. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John 3.17 Jesus is a name which is peculiarly sweet and precious to believers. It has often done them good, when the favor of kings and princes would have been heard of with unconcern. It has given them what money cannot buy, even inward peace. It has eased their wearied consciences, and given rest to their heavy hearts. The Song of Solomon speaks the experience of many when it says, Thy name is as ointment poured forth. Canticle 1, 3 Happy is that person who trusts not merely in vague notions of God's mercy and goodness, but in Jesus. The other name in these verses is scarcely less interesting than that just referred to. It is the name which is given to our Lord from his nature as God manifest in the flesh. He is called Emmanuel, God with us. Let us take care that we have clear views of our Lord Jesus Christ's nature and person. It is a point of the deepest importance. We should settle it firmly in our minds that our Savior is perfect man as well as perfect God, and perfect God as well as perfect man. If we once lose sight of this great foundation truth, we may run into fearful heresies. The name Emmanuel takes in the whole mystery. Jesus is God with us. He had a nature like our own in all things, sin only excepted. But though Jesus was with us in human flesh and blood, he was at the same time very God. We shall often find, as we read the Gospels, that our Savior could be weary and hungry and thirsty, could weep and groan and feel pain like one of ourselves. 
In all this we see the man, Christ Jesus. We see the nature he took on him when he was born of the Virgin Mary. But we shall also find in the same Gospels that our Savior knew men's hearts and thoughts, that he had power over devils, that he could work the mightiest of miracles with a word, that he was ministered to by angels, that he allowed a disciple to call him my God, and that he said, Before Abraham was, I am, and I and my father are one. In all this we see the eternal God. We see him who is over all, God blessed for ever. Amen. Romans 9, 5. Would you have a strong foundation for your faith and hope? Then keep in constant view your Savior's divinity. He in whose blood you are taught to trust is the Almighty God. All power is His in heaven and earth. None can pluck you out of His hand. If you are a true believer in Jesus, let not your heart be troubled or afraid. Would you have sweet comfort in suffering and trial? Then keep in constant view your Savior's humanity. He is the man Christ Jesus, who lay on the bosom of the Virgin Mary as a little infant and knows the heart of a man. He can be touched with the feeling of your infirmities. He has himself experienced Satan's temptations. He has endured hunger. He has shed tears. He has felt pain. Trust him at all times with all your sorrows. He will not despise you. Pour out all your heart before him in prayer, and keep nothing back. He can sympathize with his people. Let these thoughts sink down into our minds. Let us bless God for the encouraging truths which the first chapter of the New Testament contains. It tells us of one who saves his people from their sins. But this is not all. It tells us that this Savior is Emmanuel, God himself, and yet God with us, God manifest in human flesh like our own. This is glad tidings. This is indeed good news. Let us feed on these truths in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving. End of section 2